people argue over sex, how much, who initiates, how little, blah, blah, blah. Money is always a huge argument. Uh, parenting, that's what they're talking about here. Right. How many kids, who parents, um, who's responsible for primary care of children, um, the morals that you raise kids with, all of that. These are the deal breakers. And if a value changes, a lot of people think that their marriage can't survive. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, I want one more child and my husband doesn't. How do we find a compromise? You're talking about someone else. You don't want actually one more child. Oh no, I okay, have so plenty. someone wrote in who wants one more child. Yes. Let's just make that clear. Yes. Okay, now we can have the podcast. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> That's funny. You got one for us today, my love? I do. I actually have a follow-up to one of the podcasts that we did on okay. uh, what to do when your husband won't compromise. Oh, okay. So this is from a wife, and she's looking for advice and compromise when it comes to having kids. Uh, we had to. We planned to have four before we got married. We've had three, then my husband changed his mind about number four. So I'm at a point where I'm sadly not sure our relationship of 17 years can last any longer if he continues to refuse to talk about this and come up with a compromise. Can you do a podcast about this? That's a great question. It is. <clears throat> How do you find a compromise when it comes to having a child? Right. What is a compromised position? That That's a really good question. My... I don't necessarily... This is, this is the core of the question. Right. Yeah. Go right. Ahead. Sorry, I, I interrupted you. Uh, no, that's fine. I, I don't have an answer to that. There's a reason you don't have an answer to it. Because the, you can't. You cannot. There is no compromise possible when it comes to having children. Someone has to give up what they want, basically. Exactly. And, and what I was going to say is it sounds like from her perspective... I think what she really wants is she just wants to have dialogue with her husband Correct. about it. About it, She wants her husband to dialogue on this. Right. But, and a great big but with two T's. Yes, okay? you have a very good answer for this. It's a hard answer. Yes, it is absolutely. It's an incredibly hard answer. And we've actually answered it in a previous podcast, but it's worth answering again. And that is bringing a child into a relationship that is not wanted by one parent. Is that a healthy environment for that child to be in? Absolutely not. Or is it healthier to have an adult, not a child, but an adult, be disappointed that they can't have something and going through that grieving process and, yes. and coming to some sort of closure around the fact that they can't have something that they want? Yes. What would you rather have? A child that isn't wanted by a, by a parent or an adult who has to grieve the loss of something they can't have? Well, the healthy thing is the adult because the adult has more control over their life and Absolutely. everything where a child, they can't control yeah. the anything. Yeah. And, and if children are incredibly intuitive and sensitive to things yes and regardless of how much the the partner that didn't want yeah. to have the child 
tries not to show that that's not what they wanted yeah. kids pick up on that yeah, and they easily. sense that easily and that would be just an awful yeah. awful place and if the husband has resentment over it yeah the child is going to feel that yeah. too absolute but there's a deeper issue going on here because yes. it's actually not about the child and yes. if this woman who wrote into us is still listening to this podcast uh three minutes in (laughs) four minutes in because that first four minutes might have been really really hard for her to hear we want you to hear that the issue is actually deeper than this and that is when there is a change in plans when you feel betrayed because you've agreed on one thing however many years ago and then plans change or hearts change or intentions change and the spouse doesn't want to follow through on what was agreed upon back then and the freedom to change your mind or the freedom to grow and change within a marriage Mm -hmm. um, some people feel betrayed if situations warrant a change in the plans right some people are just wired to go if we made a plan 20 years ago 10 years ago we still have to stick to it that is our that's what you promised yes that is a promise that's a good way of putting it and other people are going well that that was what we talked about but because circumstances have changed or our hearts have changed or something has changed we need to adapt the plan right and they don't see that as a betrayal in trust they see that as being flexible or compromising or adaptability or necessity or whatever it is and so there's this this confusion or disagreement on uh what is fidelity what is trust what is agreement right and that can feel like a betrayal of trust. It sounds like a betrayal of trust to this woman because sure. here was the plan. Here's what we, he's changed his mind. We don't know any of the reasons nope. why. And again, we'll, we won't get that from just an email, but it means something deeper to her. And right. that is the conversation that they yes. need to have. Yes. It's exactly. actually not about the kids. Yes. It's about what does, what does a promise mean? Right. I, have said in the past and I totally stole it from somebody else, but um, you're going to be married to five different men over your lifetime. Okay? Right. You're going to be married to me as a 22 year old the moron young. who just, who had no idea how to be a husband. Yeah. And then you got, you were married to me as a first time father and completely lost there. And now you're married to a middle-aged husband right now whose kids are leaving the home and we're starting to be empty nesters and then you're going to be married 20 years from now to, to the a, old dude to the old crotchety guy who's yelling at the squirrels in the backyard and these are five different men right and a lot of times in relationships people are again are offended as their spouse changes right but let me ask the question after 30 years of marriage would you want to be married to that 22-year-old kid? Oh, my word. No. No <laughs> offense. You, I loved you just as you were then. Because you were a 22-year-old naive girl. Yes. <laughs> Didn't know better. Yes. But I absolutely love who you are now. Yeah. You have grown. You have changed. You have mostly the same flavors and tastes yep. and things. Yeah. But the important things... Yep you have grown and become a much better human yeah. being. And yeah. same with me. Yeah. I'm sure you feel the same way about me. It's interesting because I think 
about just as we have gone through all those stages and, and since this is about kids, um, when, when we got married, I wanted lots of kids and I I grew up an only child. So I had no idea what lots of kids even felt like. I just knew I wanted lots of kids and, um, four was almost more than I could handle. And if you had held me to lots, I probably would have <laughs> lost my marbles somewhere. And yep. it, I just, personality-wise, I was not wired sure. for that. Sure. There's some there's some women who are wired to have 12 babies yeah. and function at 100% yeah. and do That's great, great. Yeah. and that was not me. But I didn't know that yeah. when we first got married. You, you can't know that. You right. can't know who you're going to be 10 years from now. Who knows what could happen Five years from now, two sure. years from now, two months from now, in terms of you know, health or right. medical things or even cultural things sure. or financial thing. I mean, the future is unknown. For this couple, what is the next best step that they need to take? It is a conversation that yes. basically says we want to make sure that we stay connected, even though we are dealing with one of the big five issues. Yeah. In all of these kind of how I've grown and changed, my values haven't changed. I've maintained the same values, which I've remained consistent, but how I display those values grow and change as I mature. Sure. What's happened in this couple is a, there's been a shift in a value change. And when you disagree on the values, those are the deal breakers in marriages typically. And the big five are sex, money, parenting, faith, and family. People argue over sex, how much, who initiates, how little, blah, blah, blah. Money is always a huge argument. Uh, parenting, that's what they're talking about here. Right. How many kids, who parents, um, who's responsible for primary care of children, um, morals that you raise kids with, all of that. These are the deal breakers. And if a value changes, a lot of people think that their marriage can't survive. I see it a lot around uh, faith systems. Yes. So one couple will get together and they both have, let's say, a, a Christian a worldview. And then 10 years in, one person loses their faith and they go, I want nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church, nothing to do with the Bible, nothing to do with Christianity. And that other person that's still valuable to them, they're going, you're not the person I married anymore. And so how are we going to survive? Right. For this couple, they're debating a major value difference. And they need to be aware of that. They need to sit down and go, okay, let's talk through what does it mean to change our mind? Why are we in this position? Rather than advocating for their position, that's the courtroom. Here's evidence A, exhibit A, exhibit B, exhibit C, why I want what I want. Well, I have exhibit X, exhibit Y, and exhibit Z, why I want. And they're still arguing over the topic rather than arguing over, okay, what does this mean for our marriage? How do we still talk about this and still stay connected and unified as a couple? And and that's the hard part is having having that conversation without having animosity or or, um, uh, wedges built between you. And so when you can start to have those kind of conversations, that's really important. I will... Pick a side, though. And this is going to, again, be controversial. We understand. Um, and if you have concerns or questions about this, you can write in to us and we want right. to hear. Um, we are open to dialogue around some of these things. But we have said over and over on this podcast, the slowest person sets the pace. Right. You cannot force someone to do something that they're not ready to do yet. 
especially around having kiddos. Right. It's not like a puppy. We, there's many people who on a whim, they get a puppy because it's cute and fluffy. And then they realize this thing is chewing up everything in the house and we just don't like it. And you can rehome a dog right. pretty easily. Right. And you're not a bad person. That's not immoral. You can find a good, loving, caring family to watch the dog. A child is not that. No. You cannot just say, hey, let's give it a shot for a while. And let's hope it works out. Right. It is a commitment you're making for the next well, right now, averages 26 years. <laughs> That's how long Holy kids are now. staying in the house. That's a huge commitment. And it isn't one to be taken lightly. Right. And so if there is a person who's hesitant to have a child in, out of a couple, my suggestion is you have to defer to the person who is a little bit more um, conservative in their desire to move forward. But that person needs to be open to talking about it. Right. That's the responsibility of that yes, person. Yes, exactly. If they just shut down, stonewall, have nothing to do with it, then that is actually reflective of bigger issues in the marriage sure. and how you resolve conflict and, and blah, blah, blah. You have to also take into account how you're having your yeah. conversation, which is what we were talking yeah. about the earlier. The courtroom or yes. open and receptive yes. and validating and listening to each other. Yep, so exactly. This actually might be a topic that is too big for them to handle on their own to be honest. Uh, mm -hmm. And they might benefit from having a third person in the room who can help mediate that conversation, yeah. whether that's a counselor, whether that's a pastor, whether that's a trusted friend on both of their parts. Um, somebody who can say, listen, we understand this is a big deal to you and we need to, we need some help talking about right. this. That's oftentimes a, a good thing to do. Yep. So again, we hope that the perspectives we're bringing are helpful. Um, and again, I will be unapologetic in this in my opinion and what I just gave kind of at the end of this episode here, I will always defer to making decisions that take children into, into account, account more than an adult. Right. Yeah. As parents, if we are unhappy, we are designed to be unhappy when we have kids because we're the adults, but you don't want to make decisions that throw your kids under the bus. Right. That yeah. is selfish and that is immature and that is unhealthy as an adult. So I will unapologetically make an adult do something hard if it is in deference to the needs of a child. Right. I, that's my position. And if that means you unsubscribe from our podcast, we understand. We hope that you find a better podcast. We truly do. But if you agree with that and you want to make sure kids are protected and taken care of and you are treating them well, both as a parent and just as a general human being, then... That's what we're called to do is to defer our own needs so that we take care of our children. Right. So big, big topics yes. here. And and understandably, yeah. she's feeling hurt understandably. And, and disappointed and discouraged. And yes. so hopefully this will help her understand yeah. and give her some good tools to A framework to have these conversations. Yes, exactly. And hopefully the husband will be willing to have these conversations in a kind, loving, empathetic sort of way. That's his responsibility in this whole thing as well. Right. So anyway. Wow. These are why we put together what we put together. These yeah. are why we put together our programs. These are why we build the tools that we do so that people can dive into the deep end of the pool and not drown. Yeah. So if you want some of those tools, um, we suggest starting with the relationship roadmap. You can find that at securemarriage.com. And it is kind of our introductory course to give you the tools that will fix any problem in your marriage. Yep. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Bye.